0: Welcome to the Care to Change Podcast. We are grateful you've joined us. Today, we are wrapping up our New Year, New Hope, Same You series with our final topic about when the Bible seems boring. This will be a conversation between April and our counselor, Seth Baker. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux from Care to Change. I'm so glad you've chosen to spend this time with us. Right now, we are in the fourth episode in this new series in January. We've entitled the series New Year, New Hope, Same You. And the first week we had Brittany talk about uh, how to make fresh starts stick. And she really talked about how to set goals that will stay. And if you're in the we're in the fourth week of January now, I'm wondering how you're New Year's resolutions are going and if you're like, ah, I've already backed away from them, I want to encourage you to go back to to that first episode of this series to watch or listen to that. And then uh, the second week, Brittany and I had a good discussion about why just having a strong will doesn't produce the change that you want in your life. So if you are a strong willed person and miss that episode, uh, I encourage you to, to listen to that. And then Jean last week shared about why do we sometimes go back to old patterns? And so we have another great guest with us today, one of our very own Seth Baker, with us to talk about what does the Bible have to do with New Year, New Hope, Same You, especially when sometimes, let's be honest, the Bible can seem boring depending on how we go into reading it. So this is going to be a a different kind of a topic, but to, to really hone in on what does the Bible have to do with change. So first of all, Seth, thank you for joining us again.
2: Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm so glad that you're here. We've been asking everyone their word of the year at the beginning here, but I want to not ask you that question because you've had a major life change. Congratulations. You graduated from grad school.
2: Thank you. Yes, I did. Finally made it.
1: (laughs) Super exciting. We have been fortunate to have you still serving families in the middle of that. Trusted you and have had some great feedback about the work that you've done with the families. And I know that's in due to part to the experience you had. Before coming to Care to Change, but you're not finished with schooling. So tell our listeners
2: what you're doing. No, I'm not. So it was probably in about October that I just felt the Lord kind of nudging my heart that I wasn't done yet, as much as I tried to ignore <laughs> that for for a time. But uh, I'm actually started my pursuing a doctorate in biblical exposition. So I was on staff at a church before getting my master's in counseling. And after after this masters just that that heart for going back to the word of god and bridging the gap between faith and and counseling in the best way that we can um, mm-hmm. to help to help people who are going through the most difficult seasons of their life so
1: i have two questions for you because you just, that is exactly the reason why you're the best person to have this conversation with us today but you said a word for the non-churched folks or for the early church folks you said biblical exposition
2: Yes. Um <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that word too because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's a big word. But um, basically it's just kind of the um, comes from you know that expository preaching where you go verse by verse and you break down what the Bible is saying, okay. what what it's communicating, what it's talking about. So mm. that doctorate's focusing through going through the Bible as a whole and getting the big picture of of what the Bible is communicating.
1: Oh, that is so rich. I know for me it's like if you just and I know we'll get into this, but if you just start reading the Bible like verse by verse without understanding the context or even what the original meaning was, it can start to feel a little bit lifeless and almost like, what is this even saying? And it's it can become just a practice versus really life changing. And it wasn't until I started reading the Bible in different versions, especially the Amplified, I don't know how you feel about that one, but and the words and the meaning of the words just began to really... Uh, become alive. That all of a sudden, the whole idea of reading the Bible changed for me, and it was really transformative. So that's what you're studying.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. It, is so
1: but. neat, and you're going to bring that to the to the families that you're serving, which makes it even better. <laughs> what a gift. What a gift. So let's go into the topic. It almost feels irreverent to say, but when the Bible seems boring, and in, in the context of you know, New Year, New Hope, same you. You know, we have this Bible, probably anybody listening probably has at least a Bible in this country. We're fortunate Mm -hmm. because we can get them at will, you know, in a drawer next to their bed, uh, maybe on their table, maybe next to their family picture. I mean, I don't know where people keep their Bibles or in America, it's easy to have them all over the place, Mm -hmm. but sometimes might not crack it open Mm -hmm. or when they crack it open, don't know what to do with it or what it means or have read it. Or maybe we're raised in a home where people read it, and so ah, I know that story. And so there, it doesn't seem to be alive. And that's really what I want to talk about: how do we use the Bible in a way that it actually brings transformation in our lives? So I want to just to start with this pr- kind of a general question. In this, people say, you know, read your Bible. You know, any person that's gone to you know Bible believing to read your Bible. Why does it matter? And especially as it relates to transformation.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, we're talking about reading our Bible. It's really what what is the Bible? And was we see the Bible, we see that the Bible is God's word given to us. Um, it's so easy to think about the Bible as, oh, it tells you all of the things you need to do in order to be a mm-hmm. good person or a good Christian. But the Bible is really about who God is and, mm-hmm. and what he's done for us. And really, as you read the Bible, I know so often we in America, and the Church of America, we tend to gravitate more towards the New Testament in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because it's, it's kind of a lot of those, hey, mm-hmm. this is how you should be. This is what you should do. But what's so rich about the Old Testament and then it's reinforced in the New Testament and you see that there too is, is you learn so much about who God is and his character and how he passionately pursues his people and just as you as you read through through scripture, you read through the stories in the old testament, as you read through the prophets of of God calling his people to himself, calling them out for ways that they've turned against him, you you just learn so much about the heart of God and realize that reading the bible and listening to the bible and following what the bible says isn't about what you do per se, but it's about who God is and how he changes us mm-hmm. to, to be more like him.
1: And how does knowing who God is bring about change in us?
2: Yeah, well, I think that's a really neat question, because first, I think God is a, a relational God. When he created mankind in, in the Garden of Eden, he, he created us in, in his image, mm-hmm. um, special uh, above all other creation to to rule over the earth, to subdue it, And he created us for relationship with himself and for relationship with each other. And so as we have relationship with God, um, that personal connection, we see him as as our heavenly father, you know, there's a picture of him as our heavenly father. And just like our fathers, our fathers who love us, um, connect with us and Mm -hmm. want what's best for us. God wants what's best for us as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not something we do to appease, but it's something that, that we do out of relationship, out of love and out of worship.
1: Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, I think of it like parenting uh, my kids, you know, I can tell them what to do, because I'm their parent, and I know best. But I would much rather develop a relationship where they respond, because they know that we have that loving relationship versus I'm just managing their behavior. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing you say is it's not Necessarily, you know, a, a book about rules as much as it is about how to have that relationship. Um, and so it's through that connection mm-hmm. that we're actually able to change and heal, really. Yeah. From. And
2: and that kind of brings up the, another point too, is that the Bible is a is a story. Mm. Um, it starts in in the Garden of Eden when God created the heavens and the earth and male and female, and mm. from there you see kind of the progression of of humanity and and how God worked and called a nation Israel and eventually sent His Son Jesus to die for everyone and and where we are today in in the church where still awaiting for him to come mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of bring that last piece of that story, too. So looking at the Bible as a story, it helps us when we look at our phone and see the verse of the day, seeing where right. it's at in the Bible, it kind of helps us put together where in that story that takes place and mm-hmm. how that can relate to us, too.
1: Yeah, I can remember uh, the, the year that I read it in chronological order. So the order that it was actually written versus just you know, Genesis or, you know, picking, you know, randomly in chronological order, it made so much more sense because then, you know, the Psalm would be inserted into where this was happening. Like, oh, that's what that really meant. And so it brought it Hmm. more alive reading it chronologically. And also there's, it's not the Bible, but the book, the book of God. Hmm. It's like the story of the Bible written out. Versus it being by verse, Mm -hmm. that also made me view the Bible as a story versus trying to, you know, weed through, you know, and weave my way around and, okay, what does that mean? And sort of the complexity that sometimes we make it more than what it really needs to be. Right. So, so good. I love that. It's about relationally and it's about the story. So there seems to be so much Extra in the Bible. This is what my kids tell me. Mom, why does you know, why Leviticus? You know, <laughs> why numbers? You know, and why all you know, what, what is all this about? Why is that in there? For someone that's new and they're looking at the scripture as a way to build this relationship, to understand the story, to see where we fit into this story of eternity, there seems to be this there's these pieces of it. And like, what is that about? What what would you answer? You might change your answer in a year from now based on your schooling, but what would you answer?
2: Yeah, well, I think one of the the first things, and we might not always like to to hear this in our day and age, but uh, the Bible wasn't originally written to 21st century Americans mm-hmm. right. or whoever you know right. you are from there. The the Bible was written to a, a specific group of people at the time that it was written to. And that's we we don't always think like that. We like to approach the Bible, well what's this saying? How does this relate to me? And and it does. There's so much in in the word of God and in Leviticus that speaks to us mm. today or in the prophets that speak to us today, but also understanding that in the Old Testament, particularly, there was a nation group of Israel, and they had a different culture than we had. They had a different history than we have. God related to them. He revealed himself to them through the law on Mount Sinai when he brought Israel out of slavery in Egypt and, mm-hmm. and gave them the Ten Commandments and gave them the, the sacrificial system that when you see that in Scripture as a whole, all of those things are, are pointing ahead to when Jesus came. Mm. And as he fulfilled all of those things and those sacrifices were pictures of what Jesus fulfilled on the cross and what Jesus did on the cross to bring forgiveness, um, not just to bring a physical kingdom here on earth, but to, to save us from our sinfulness in our hearts to be with him forever. And we when we dive into to what God was communicating to them in their time period and and where they were at in history to us on this side of the cross. Um, looking back on, on what Jesus has done, uh, we see s- really how God had his promise from from before time began and, and how he fulfilled that promise every step of the way. Mm. And so many pictures in the Old Testament that you see fulfilled in Christ.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, to to kind of go along with what you're saying about, you know, that relationship and that connection and and this being, you know, the word of God and when you mention the fulfillment of promises what better picture of building trust than to show the ways that promises have been fulfilled mm. and yeah. so when we are waiting on a promise you know when we're waiting on our promise to see oh look here's examples of how he's come through time and again historically he's the same yesterday today and and forever and And of course, he's going to come through for me with this promise that he's given to me too, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not just reading again, it's not reading about the rules. And it's not even just about the relationship itself, but about the assurance of the promises that we have too, right?
2: Absolutely. I love you can even see in one story that's really familiar to a lot of people is when God parts the Red Sea to Mm -hmm. lead the Israelites across on dry ground. And then when the Egyptians, Pharaoh and and his soldiers tried to cross it, swallows them up. Throughout the whole rest of the Old Testament, you see it in the Psalms, how many times they refer back to the Red Sea as this is what God has done for us in mm-hmm. the past. This is how he's pulled us through. And it's that assurance of the promise that he's going to continue to fight for them and continue to be there for them. And we can see that as well as God fulfills his promises. Oh does. yeah,
1: I love it so much. And I I think that's part of the reason why it's so helpful. When we talk about journaling with people, especially believers, when we, you know, write your prayers, mm-hmm. um, write when they've been promised, go back and review them. I'm always shocked and I don't know why I'm always shocked, but when I go back to old journals with prayers and it, asking God for whatever it is and say, Oh wow, he really answered that. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes if I don't reflect back, I forget the prayers that have been answered. And it's really a faith builder because, you know, each person we go through seasons of, you know, joy and then, you know, mountains and valleys, right? Or our own standing in the water, waiting for the waters to part metaphorically for Mm -hmm. ourselves. And and to know, okay, he's done this, not just in scripture, but he's done it for me, and I recorded it. Hmm. It really makes a difference as well. So it, again, you know, when we're talking about, well, how's the Bible bring about transformation? It's not, it isn't just picking it up and reading it, it, there is more to that, just the way any kind of relationship would be. It's not just going and talking, you know, digging deeper and mm-hmm. recording. And, you know, we're taking you know selfies and snapshots of places we go and relationships that we have because we want to reflect back and remember the good times like why wouldn't we do that in our relationship with God as well and journaling is one way you know sort of to, sort of to do that if we use that tool at least what are some ways if if you know someone's listening and they're like, okay, makes sense. I know I can, can find where I fit with eternity. I can understand this relationship. I can see the story. I can understand God's promises. There's, it can become so rich, but there's this whole Bible, right? And it's big and there's lots of books. Mm -hmm. And where would I even start? How would you recommend to someone um, If they say, okay, I, I do want to experience this kind of transformation. And we're talking about soul transformation, right? Mm-hmm. So this yep. is at the very core of who we are. If you want soul
2: transformation, this
1: is the key, a key to that. But where to even start?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think one thing that can be so helpful, and it was so helpful for me when I made my faith my own in high school, I was like, okay, it's not just because my parents believe right. it or my church believes it; it's because what I believe was getting a, a big picture of the story, of the meta narrative, essentially what what the Bible is, you know, the story of the Bible is communicating, and having an understanding. Okay, and. You know, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, what's taking place there and how it's at pointing ahead. The other sections of the Old Testament, what is God accomplishing Mm -hmm. through this? He's beginning to speak more and more clearly about Jesus who would mm-hmm. come and then the the New Testament. What's what's the big story of the Bible and how does it all fit together? And I know there's a couple resources out there too. Okay. Uh, Colin Smith was one who was really uh, integral for me. There was a, a small book he had with just 10 little chapters called 10 Keys to Unlocking the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that and he had four, four books that expounded on on those 10 keys and got a lot deeper and i remember asking my dad like man i want to read these books and it was so cool because all of the old testament at the end of each chapter he was pointing ahead on why this was pointing to jesus mm. so even the old testament was pointing ahead to what jesus did on the cross and there's another resource that i think he's been a part of using too but it's an online source called open the and that has, there's a couple different tracks you can do. There's like a five-session track where it just hits five, kind of a bird's-eye view of mm-hmm. of the Bible. There's a 30-session track that goes a little slower, a little deeper, and then a 50-session track, wow. I think, that that just goes a little deeper to get that whole picture of what is the story of the Bible. And when you understand the story of the Bible, you're able to, to read in and not read into it as much with what you want to see out of Scripture, but mm. you're seeing what is God accomplishing, what is God communicating, what is God doing in, in the different sections of Scripture. And then another thing, too, just to, to get in to read is, you always hear the Gospels are a great place to mm-hmm. start.
1: And the Gospels are? Yeah.
2: John, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gotcha. are the gospels, mm-hmm. and and John is is one of those that is very common. That it has a very, uh, it's easy to read. Mm-hmm. It has more of like an engaging, like a story. There's a lot of cool pictures you see in that too. Um, Mark is another good good one. I've heard. People reference Mark as a place to start. And then another two, it's the Gospel of Luke, which tells the story of, of Jesus. And then Luke also wrote the book of Acts, and, and those books kind of go in together. So you see how Jesus came and died and then how the early church was started and how the Spirit moved through mm-hmm. the first Christians to, to bring about really where we are today in time. So, mm-hmm.
1: so you would say if you're just starting— maybe start in, you know, with one of these Colin Smith, open the org, or just pick up the Bible and open to John. The book yeah. of John. Uh-huh. And
2: I think there's a good place for that both. You're getting that big picture of the mm-hmm. Bible, but you're also digging more specifically into books of the Bible mm-hmm. too.
1: I love the, the, there's so many different Bible reading plans online. You just Google Bible reading plans or read the Bible in a year, read the Bible in two years or whatever. And it really, to read the entire thing only takes 10 or 15 minutes a day. It's not, mm-hmm a long time commitment to finish the entire Bible. And there's one, you know, one book of the Old Testament, one book of the New Testament, one Psalm, one Proverbs. And Mm -hmm. even those are neat to see bigger picture, different views. Mm -hmm. um, And they still sort of overlap. And that's what's interesting. You're not reading the same Old Testament, New Testament, but they're still overlap. And so all of a sudden it becomes like a historical, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is, I'm looking at this differently now, even. So there's so many different ways. I think the point is, there's there's not a wrong way. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's uh, even talking about the different translations of the Bible. I was in a class and my professors were like, at the end of the day, the best Bible is the Bible that's read. Yeah. And so just jumping into it and starting to look at it and read it.
1: Read it. So one last question, because, you know, if someone says, you know, I... I'm ready. I'm going to start in John, you know, or they say, okay, I'll start in Genesis or whatever. I'll start with the open the Bible.org or, or, you know, download the Bible app or whatever it is. And there is no doubt going to be something even for seasoned Christians, no matter how many times I've read the Bible, I'm like, oh, I, I don't remember that. And that's the beauty of reading it. Mm -hmm. It's like over and over, however many times there's always something like, well, this feels like the first time I've read this, Mm -hmm. but I've read it before. Um, But there's always things like, what, what does that even mean? And so there's, there's, what do you do when you come to a point in your reading? Like that just doesn't make sense. Or that seems so different than like you said, culture today, or wow, that's different than I've ever heard it, or that's just out there. What do you do when you feel stumped about whatever you're reading? You just don't understand it.
2: Yeah, that's a great question too. And I think the first thing to remember is one, it's okay to, Approach something and be like, "Wow, I don't, I don't get this. Right. I don't understand this." Yeah, that sense of uh, the Bible is living and active. Mm-hmm. In Hebrews it says that. And when we believe in Jesus, we are given the power of the Spirit. And one of the one of the Spirit's role is is illuminating Scripture when mm. we read it. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are sections, there are hard questions that people ask mm-hmm. in Scripture that that are good to wrestle with. And and I think one thing is it's okay to be stumped for a while. Mm. And there are people that you know, trusted sources to ask if you have questions mm-hmm. and they should be open to questions. God's big enough to handle our questions mm-hmm. and to, to wrestle through some of those things, especially when it seems different from what culture says or mm-hmm. different from what we've grown to believe. Or even if it just seems like, oh, it seems a little different from other things that I've seen or read as well. I think having that that place is is a good place because it helps you seek and it helps you learn and grow mm. and seek the Lord in prayer on that too. So talking to a pastor or talking to a trusted friend and getting their feedback and testing that with what else you see in mm-hmm. Scripture too. Um, and then the other thing is that with the role of the, of the Holy Spirit and the Bible being living and active is I think God uses different parts of, of the Bible at different seasons of our lives. Mm-hmm. I remember... When I was trying to read through the Bible at different times in my, you know, years around high school, beginning of college, and i read isaiah and i was like man isaiah i do not get the book of isaiah Mm -hmm. it's just so confusing i don't really it just feels like it's all these prophecies i have no idea what's going on and i was overseas in the middle east and i heard all these people telling me how isaiah was their favorite book Mm -hmm. and i was like why how could isaiah be their favorite book i I even read it when i was overseas and i was like i don't see how it's their favorite book But then a couple years ago, like, I'm going to try to read Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And I was in it for six months. Yes. And I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. Yes. And it's one of my favorite books now. And it's just like, it came alive. Yeah. And there were even times where I try to read other parts of the Bible, but it's like, nothing's coming. And I'm just feeling drawn back to pour over Isaiah and the sections that I saw. And just like, once again, seeing God's heart, Mm -hmm. seeing his promises, seeing how he was working with his people at the yes. time was so rich. And there are still sections of the Bible that I'm like, you know what, I'm excited for when the Holy Spirit's going to make that more alive yeah. to me now, looking ahead to the future. And so I think it, it's okay to to journey in yeah. that. It's okay to feel stumped and knowing that it is a process. Yes. It's okay to ask questions and seek help.
1: I, I so can relate to that because Isaiah is one of my favorite books of the Bible and it, it came through a season of writing, rewriting scripture as prayers. Mm. And so I had this challenge. I was going to rewrite the scriptures as a prayer. And so Isaiah was one to me that was so rich and mm-hmm. powerful from uh, claiming there's so many promises mm-hmm. and so many cautions. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much wisdom packed. People say, Oh, wisdom read Proverbs, but there's so much wisdom in fulfilled promises just in that book that to me it was like i i can't even tell you how many pages i filled out just rewriting that book of isaiah and how it, it has forever been sort of imprinted that time of my life reading and rewriting that and and i sometimes still go back to that mm-hmm. because you know i'll read it and like i don't re- remember that being so cool so i'll go back to my isaiah journal and like Reread it and say, "Wow, I don't know what that was about, but that was, uh, mm. you know, rich." So it does kind of, like you said, it it is kind of change over time, and mm-hmm. it's not a once and done. And I think that's the beauty of change. We're not really ever finished transforming, which means that different seasons, different parts will mean something different to yeah. us, and we will learn or be encouraged or be warned mm-hmm. um, in different ways from different stories or parts or scripture or whatever from that. So I. I love that. The, like you said, the point is to pick it up and, and just begin. Mm-hmm. And if you still feel stumped to call, you know, mm-hmm. um, you guys, Seth is here and this is what he's studying. So I want to challenge you to call <laughs> him and challenge him, <laughs> email him, email him your hard questions and see what, what an answer is. He walks you through. Thank you for sort of really just walking us through, you know, again, the the point is, the Bible is a not just a resource; it is really a, a transformative. It, and if it we're is. looking for true soul change, um, it's just key. And not to use like it being big or understandable or out of reach or whatever the reason is people use for not picking it up. Don't use that as a reason when mm-hmm. it is so transformative and in a deep, meaningful, long-term way, and it brings such. Comfort and correction and strength, wisdom, uh, it, There's just it, you just can't even describe it all. So, yeah.
2: and, and when you read the Bible and you get to know God and his heart mm-hmm. more and you see what he's done, what Christ mm-hmm. has done for us, it gets to that point where you can't remain unchanged. Mm-hmm. It does. It just changes who you are. It changes how you think. It changes what's yes. important to you and you can't remain unchanged.
1: 100%. Reading the Bible, you you can't remain unchanged. I love that. Thank you, Seth. As always.
2: Yeah, thank you.
1: So glad that you're with us. If y'all have questions, if you want to know more about Seth, if you'd like to plan a time to just meet with him and talk more about that, I want to encourage you to reach out to us. It's really why we're here. Um, We want to help you with the change that you desire in your life Mm -hmm. and really what God wants for you as well. And so that's the beauty of all of this. So thank you all for listening. We're kicking off a new series next uh, week. As a matter of fact, we'll be entering into February, which is known as Valentine's, the the month of love. And so we're going to really focus on finding connection and love and that sort of topic. So again, thank you for joining
0: us and until next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube, to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317 317- 979 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.